Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your befuddled host. Who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan, and number one Aussie fan, Ian Baines. Looking forward to that, Mike. A little bit. (laughs) Dearum, dearum, dearum. Can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, does Aaron Baines sound like a revving car? Yeah. Or? <laughs> That's what everyone's going to be doing when he gets when he hits the chords, like down, 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 down. Um, it's going to be I, huge. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't want to know. I think it's a diggeridoo. <laughs> oh, it's a diggeridoo. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> oh man. Um, Folks, I, I gotta let you all know. I feel bad because um, before the pod uh, last week, it was Matt's birthday. So, oh, uh, yeah. if you in person, don't touch him because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you, you wish him happy birthday. Uh, follow this guy on Twitter. Give him some stuff. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Give him some free stuff. Come on. Uh, the happy birthday, dude. Oh wow! Thanks. That's right. Yeah, another year. Another Aaron Baines joke. Another Aaron Baines. Get ready for my Aaron Baines jokes. I I am so excited for your Aaron Baines jokes. I said Aaron's Baines jokes. <laughs> Anyhow, Matt, let's let's give people the goods. If people want to help us, find yeah. us, share us, support us, took us. How can um, you do that? couple of places you can go always our website dunkspockets.com we've got all of our links there for the pod catchers and instagram and facebook and youtube and all that stuff as well as our patreon if you would like to support us there and go to the sonar network which is the uh, podcast network we are a part of still i think the only sports podcast on there so uh whoopity doo and uh they've also got a lot of other great stuff there they're adding new stuff all the time so check them out as well and if you need a toque you're in the right spot we just had a big dump of snow a little uh tester for the winter and you're gonna need a toque anti-itch toque may i say so you can get in contact with us you can buy it on shopify or contact us through our, uh, you know, other other circuits, our email and whatnot. And uh, heck, yeah, buddy, yeah. Um, and before we get this episode uh, kind of popping off um, with our two amazing guests, and you know, a lot of raptor stuff going on. Oh shit! Are you going to talk about Manscaped? Um, I wasn't, but let's oh, do that. It is our last week for Manscaped, so we should plug it. So I use still the promo code, people. <clears throat> yeah, right? use the promo code DunksPod and get yourself some Christmas shopping done for yourself or for someone else. And let me say, the last thing I'll recommend on there is the Shears 2.0, which is a luxury nail kit, and it only costs twenty bucks. So you'll get twenty percent off that twenty plus free shipping. You'll get some, you know, something real nice to keep those fingers uh, beautiful. You know. I love it. <laughs> People, you know, you're not supposed to be shopping in person anywho. Yeah. So hop online, 
Use our promo code, which is DunksPod. Yeah. That's D-U-N-K-S-P-O-D. Uh, and and buy something. Buy, yeah. buy something for your junk, for yeah. someone else's junk. Ball trimmers, ball uh, dusters, ball croppers, you, you name it. Right. <laughs> um, now, with that, with the manscaping good stuff out of the way, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get a little bit more serious before we start the pod. Um, lots of things going on. Lots of things to be stressed about, scared about. Um, here's something that's good with a tinge of what the hell. Uh, so the good part is uh, there's a guy named Khalil Sievright who is building these, uh, you know, Toronto tiny shelters, uh, which are homeless shelters. They're portable. They're warm. Our city hasn't take care, taken care of our homeless population. People are being evicted during COVID. Danger or uh, winter is going to be an extremely dangerous time. And this amazing person has recognized all that, and they're putting their skills to use. Uh, so we're going to post a, a GoFundMe. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's Khalil's GoFundMe. Um, he's looking for materials or money. And let's also keep pressure on our city councilors because they are trying to fine him for the removal of these when it's on public property, uh, which is all well and good if you were uh, a city that took care of its population. But we're not. And this guy's stepping up and we need to help him step up. Uh, and um, yeah, with, yeah. With, without anything else, uh, yeah. you know, email your city councilors, Black Lives Matter. And defund the police, folks. Uh, and and Matt, if you feel like we're we're good to go, we're good to roll on this pod. Please just give me the, uh, the sweet words. Okay. Okay. Let's get going here on uh, on this very exciting, I guess, all things free agency episode. Um, but uh, we've got two amazing guests. I've just realized it's their first time being on the same episode together. Uh, I'm going to change that because this, this is going to be a good episode. Um, yeah, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, she's a comedian. She's a writer for a bunch of things that you know. Uh, she's hilarious. She does stand-up. She has her own basketball podcast, which she'll plug for sure. Please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone in quarantine for Catherine Niker. Always happy to be back on this podcast um, from my bedroom closet, which is the <laughs> best space for audio. Um, good to see you. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy to host you again. Um, probably not in the best audio spot, but uh, visually there's a, a pair butt right behind me. So that's yeah. always good, right? You know what? That, that's a good way to encourage people to watch the podcast via YouTube because <laughs> everyone just listening is really missing out on what I would call a very compelling pair butt. <laughs> you know what? It is a very compelling pair butt uh, <laughs> and it's titled Leave Us Behind. So there, there we go. Some humor in there too. Puns included. Uh, okay, let's bring on guest number two. Um, she's amazing. Uh, we're always lucky to have her. Uh, she's, uh, you know, 
Miss Basketball Feelings. She's with uh, Uproxx and I did Dishes and Dime Pod and writes for a million cool things. You have to follow everything she does. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone in quarantine for Katie Heindel. to hear that song but it's more thrilling to hear everyone else's songs (laughs) for the first time (laughs) nothing like hearing one of matt's chosen sampled free songs that song's going going on like years now yeah yeah i think so it's your 13th episode so yeah we've been using it quite a bit oh Ooh, Matt coming in with the hot stuff. Oh. Keeping track. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have to thank the Sonar Network. They make it really easy. I can just click on your name and see everything you've done. Oh, wow. Yeah, you guys all have your own, like, profile on there. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, nice subtle plug, too. Mm -hmm. Very very good. I know. I was was thinking that. I was like, Matt Matt totally landed that, like, (laughs) nice classy plug. Um. You know what? There's so much to talk about. Uh, I think, especially with the Raptors, but obviously the league. So let's just dive in because I'm sure we'll run out of time super quick. Matt, if you if you got a Raptor sting for me, um, please, good sir, would you give it to me? Hashtag RTZ. Somebody get this Fisherman's friend, please. Whoa, we got a, we got, I think we got a sound combo. You know, first of all, for <laughs> folks who, who don't understand what RTZ is, um, you know, Matt's explaining that to you. Um, and uh, of course, Nick Nurse coughing, um, looking for a Fisherman's friend. I don't know if he's still the brand ambassador of Fisherman's friends, but. Um, oh, yeah. It's a lifelong contract. Yeah, right. Sorry. It's a, life, it's a lifelong contract. It's more about keeping his voice consistently hoarse. Yeah. That's really what it is. Right. Yeah. Coughing. Like when he says, right, Doug, you, it's got to have the extra like, whoa, this gentleman's been at sea. Yeah. Yeah. It would, <laughs> even though he's from Iowa, I mean, it would be my dream to be able to capture his cadence, but you know, okay. <laughs> Iowa, the land of lakes and fishermen coughs. Um, (laughs) Catherine, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, I think I kind of want to frame, we'll see how both of you are feeling about this off season, but, um, in my mind, the major thing that they needed to do was get the second best free agent in the NBA, Fred Van Vliet and pay him and make sure that he stays here and is the point guard of the future. I feel like they did that. The contract I mean, you know, obviously we'll see how good it is, but it seems very Raptors friendly. It seems very cap friendly. It seems like it will be a good deal throughout the duration of his age. Uh, Seems like everything's good, really, uh, in, in the Fred Van Vliet department. Plus, you got the good news of him betting on himself. That's obviously just a good story. Uh, and he's the highest paid ever undrafted, uh, um, or uh, it's the highest, uh, undrafted contract, I believe. And, um, anyways, uh, I think that was the main thing. So let's just start there, Catherine. 
we'll connect it all afterwards. But um, how are you feeling about the Fred contract, Fred in general, him being the point guard of the future? Yeah, I mean, just speaking about Fred, obviously this is this is great for us. It's great for him. It does feel like a real win-win situation overall. Like it's a good contract. And like you said, it's a, a record-breaking contract for an undrafted free agent. Um, this is great for me because last year I purchased his Roots boots hey. and was like, do not want to purchase another pair of boots. You know what I mean? So from like an emotional level, it's like very good for me, but it's also <laughs> very good for the team. Um, I think we all wanted Fred to be the point guard of the future. Like, I don't think there's any major vocal part of the Raptor fandom that wanted anything otherwise um so yeah in terms of the fred thing it's a real win overall yeah i think so um catherine where where are you on yeah you know it's weird to talk about things in isolation but i feel like we'll get there where are you just on you know i guess you love fred right so this is for your this is a big part of fred's journey no yeah, I mean, and, you know, he has the whole bet on yourself thing, which is getting like, I, I feel like I'm almost hearing it like too much, if that's possible. Maybe Katie will disagree with me on that. But uh, like, OK, um, we get it. We got to we got to bet on ourselves. And as we talk more and more about uh, free agency, I also think the Raptors are very much betting on themselves in terms of their odds of getting Giannis and what this year means and its plans going into the 2021 free agency uh, not to jump ahead. But I think, you know, Fred is, you know, one of those feel good stories as well as Chris Boucher, which I know we'll get into later. They are the reason why you watch sports, you know, like that is why you tune in. It's like you, we are irrationally emotionally invested in these guys and we want to see these we want to see people achieve great things. And Fred is very much one of those people. And I think the future for him is very bright. I think the contract is both good and fair. And um, he has the option to be a free agent again at the end of these four years. And who, who knows what will happen at that point. So yeah, it feels great. Uh, How about you, Katie? Are you, you know, are you feeling good about this this Fred contract, like uh, in isolation, or you know, are you, are you are you feeling maybe the bet on yourself thing is is getting overbranded? Imagine I was like, no, I'm sick of it. <laughs> I hate this. No, um, it, no, of course it was. It, like he was their main target. Um, I think like going into this free agency the stage of this free agency also to your point, Freddie, like made him pretty much like one of the most attractive players. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of working against the Raptors, I'd say just like maybe in what they would like offer him contract wise. I personally love that they offered him this much. I like remember when he went on, what's his name? Reddick's podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm, I'm like trying to secure the bag and the people that like feigned being shocked by that. I was so confused by it because it's like, dude, this guy has like money bags on most of his clothing line, you know, like that's yeah. what the brand is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Usually also, bet with money. Sorry. Yeah. And like, he's so deserving of it. So I think like, you know, when I love it when players like advocate for what they're worth and when they get it, obviously. So and like Fred, you know, to, to Catherine's point too, like he deserves it. This is the reason like why 
we love and get like very emotionally invested in sports is for players like Fred. So yeah, the Fred deal, the Fred deal is, uh, it's a great place to start. Cause I feel like it's the highest point, uh, that the Raptors kind of hit. this free yeah. agency. And you know what, let's, let, let's go there. So yeah, my, my, my next kind of question is I want to say, you know, goodbye to, to Mark and Serge and kind of contextualize it before we go to the new edition. So can Katie, can you just give me like your favorite Mark uh, and Serge moments on and off the court? And like, to tell me how, tell me what it feels like to lose them now, I guess. It sucks. I think it was really stupid um, to lose them. I would go so far as to say that I don't think there was the expectation that you'd lose both. I think, you know, mm-hmm. in a perfect world, they probably wanted to run it back with everybody um, especially just going into this year that it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to fall off the map completely competitively because you still want to be able to attract a player like Giannis to show that like your team has a shot at like going on a championship run again. Um, but I, and I also understand they wanted to keep cap space by not offering these guys like more than a year contract, which was obviously what they both wanted because that's what they took, you know, with the Clippers and with the Lakers. Um, I'm getting off point off topic here. Cause I'm so, I feel like Barry's still raw about this. Um, <laughs> favorite no, that's moment. fair. It just happened. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, probably this, this, like I have favorite moments with Serge. I love when he was like dancing at what seemed like a wedding that he just like crashed after the Raptors won the title. Um, yeah. that was like, it's like an amazing video, amazing song, amazing dance. But I also just like mostly with Serge, I love how every single season he was here, he like came out of his shell a little bit more. And he basically like brought that. That's like, was his high point with the team. He like made it. So every player kind of came out of like their sort of self-serious, like workmanlike approach to basketball. Yeah, Serge was able to just kind of like break them all down and like, let them see like, you could lighten up sometimes. And like, it's not really going to affect your, ability to like still be this like gritty dogged team like Toronto is um Mark Mark's tough because I think like what I liked about him so much is how sort of like elusive and like stubborn he could seem and I Mm -hmm. feel like we were just getting to know that a little bit better in a different way and then we sort of lost him you know um yeah it sucks man yeah I think it sucks too and Catherine, I'll just kind of, I don't know if you feel the the same as both of us, but I'll just add to Katie's point. I, I think you kind of nailed it, Katie, by saying we didn't expect to lose both of them. I honestly thought there was a chance after it was like that weird time where like, wait a second, Gasol isn't going back to Spain. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought there was an opportunity where it's like, I think maybe they'll both just come back and the Raptors have enough money, you know, to pay them adequately for this year and not beyond. And I guess both of those guys kind of like did want some money beyond, but even still, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. I think if, you know, we'll, we'll get to the pickups later, but if we had those pickups plus Gasol, or if we had those pickups plus Sabaka, the outlook would be very different for this team. I just, and I also feel like the state of excitement would be different. Even if you're kind of like, Hey, this everyone's going a bit center crazy. There's four or five game changing centers. Every other team is center by committee. Even with that, you don't want to be on the lower end of that committee. 
Um, but, but Catherine, you let's, sorry, I, I kind of strayed from my own thing. Let's stick to, to Mark and Serge. Like what's your, yeah. What's your feeling with them leaving? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's definitely disappointing. I think um, just from a fan perspective, I wasn't really like ready for the run it back era to kind of be over. Like even when the Raptors like released those new jerseys, I was like so mad. Cause I was like, we don't need new jerseys. We're not in a new era. We're not in a new thing. Don't give me these new jerseys. Huh. You know, like I don't care if they look good or don't look good or whatever or whatever. Like I'm just not ready to let this sort of year and this era go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think from, from Serge, I'll start with Serge first. Like it's very disappointing to see him go. I really thought we had a chance of resigning him, but with that being said, he absolutely deserves more than a one-year contract. You know what I mean? Like if I were Serge, I think I would have done the same thing. Like, you know, sure, this team wants to get Giannis and they want to be in the running. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But like, I got to take care of me as well. Um, I also think for him, because he's interested in more like, you know, television stuff, like with his How Hungry Are You show Mm -hmm. and things like that, definitely being in LA is advantageous for him. Even like he started all those things in Toronto and of course he could have continued here. Um, It's more difficult because there's more restrictions here. Uh, And then he wouldn't even be here. He'd be in like Tampa for like how many months before, you know, he comes back or, or what have you. So I think when you think about everything that's going on uh, in his life outside of basketball, it sort of made sense to be in LA as well, which is like unfortunate. And I I hate seeing another championship Raptor go to the, Clippers who I don't think are going to win ultimately. Um, But I think it was the best thing for him to do for himself. So it's like, I'm really sad to see him go, but I would never be um, upset about it from his point of view. I just think it makes a lot of sense Um, with Gasol. Like I had already kind of said, like I'd already kind of accepted the fact that he wasn't going to stay like after all of those rumors about Barcelona came mm-hmm. up. Yeah, me too. So I, I wasn't really expecting him to stay. Um, I'm kind of shocked that he got this contract with the Lakers, although on a personal level, I'm very happy for him. Like I, I love Marcus all, but I wasn't sitting here thinking like we need to have him back necessarily there is no replacing Marcus All. He's a very unique player, but the way he struggled all last year, not just in the bubble, but with like the two hamstring injuries and then the, you know, the losing weight and all the effort that he made to to be like a, a contributing factor in the bubble. And then just like not even looking at the basket anymore and you know he kind of pulled it together towards that later part of that Boston series but a part of me was just like I don't know how much he has left and so I'm rooting for him very much so so I don't want this skepticism to come across as like anti-Gasol or anything but I had I had kind of accepted that maybe he wasn't a part of the the team going forward but I'm I'm more sad and disappointed about Surge. Yeah, I think that that's fair and and appropriate. Um, and you touch on a good point. First of all, losing the players to LA, you know, Danny, Kawhi, uh, Mark, and Surge now to to the respective Lakers and, and and the Clippers, and it makes me feel like you know two things. One, 
all the Raptors fans that were kind of like slamming on Serge and Gasol, you know, in this time, I don't feel like you really get to be upset that, especially the ones who are like, Gasol is a bum. He should retire. And it's like, cool. Then we don't have him anymore. And I hope you're happy about that. But I feel like Serge is a bit more in that like middle territory. And well, yeah, what stings, the second part that kind of stings for me is the fact that we're losing these guys to like potential contenders. And that is like kind of help helping to push us potentially out of contention by not having those like veteran guys that make those big plays. Um, and then, and then, yeah, sorry. The third thing I'll just add, I'm, I am quite happy for both of them. And I would be fun to see them go against each other, like in a conference finals. Uh, but um, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of move to the last part here, and I'll stick with you, Catherine. Um, you know, there's I don't know who you want to talk about, but um, Baines, Boucher, Len, and uh, and Bembry uh, are are the are the kind of big attractions. Uh, I think there are some positive <laughs> attractions. Yeah, you are, I mean, sorry, yeah, that sounds weird. That's not good. Maybe I, I won't use that again, but. You know, yeah, they're, that's who we have to kind of like think about until this season, which is so close, gets gets going. Um, yeah, just, just kind of jump off on uh, – Boucher is here. We know Boucher a little bit. Uh, but, um, yeah, well, how do you feel about the, the center by committee thing, you know, bringing in a guy like Bembry to back up or, you know, I guess play the two a little bit? Um, yeah, are you – does it excite you? Are you kind of like, this is really bad? Are you like, this is okay? Yeah, I mean, I think overall it's it's a, a downgrade in the center position. But with that being said, I'm happy to have Baines. I mean, if anything, I'm just happy that within a 24-hour period, we did find another center just for my own anxiety. Like there was some brief like Siakam at the five talk that was just really making me breathe heavy, to be honest. Like I was just like, we got like, come on, we're going to figure this out. It's not like, oh, off season's over. Like obviously we were going to make some trades and sign some people. So I'm happy with the Bane signing for sure. Um, and uh, as far as the other guys like we'll see like i'm sure they're they're gonna be great i'm i'm hoping that having another um backup point um will lead to a uh terrence davis trade um we'll see <laughs> um i i feel like what this year is is very much a transition season towards landing Giannis. Um, I, I mean, we'll see if Katie agrees with me or not, but I just feel like, you know, we're, we talk about bet on yourself. Like we are rolling a lot of dice here and, <laughs> um, I'm not used to this level of confidence, but I do admire the confidence. I do admire that. Like we're really, really going for it. And that's, you know, ultimately why I believe we didn't give Serge more than one year. And that's why we've signed on these guys for now. Cause it's like, Oh, this will keep us a relevant team in the East. I would not be surprised if we made a mid season trade before the deadline, depending on how well these guys sort of gel together. And, you know, this whole year is about the 2021 
uh, off season. So I've accepted that this is the transition year that it is. Um, I do like the Bane signing. I don't know much about the other guys about, about Len or about, um, sorry, I need to pull it up in front of me. DeAndre Bembry and, um, yeah, yes. so Alex Lynn and DeAndre Bembry were the other Yes, guy. Bembry is the name that I was forgetting. That's the that's the backup point guard that I'm hoping we will keep and then trade Terrence Davis. But you know, we'll we'll see. I've accepted my my overall answer here is that I've accepted that this is a transition season. That's okay. So before I hop over to Katie here, I think I'm gonna throw in, you know, maybe maybe I'm just like being too optimistic here. And I did want to start with a, with Fred for a reason. And I think it's so important we got Fred because I think about what did nurse do when he was trying to, you know, trying his, trying to put on his very best players to beat the Boston Celtics. He played Kyle, Fred, Norm, OG, and Pascal. He sat surgeon and, and Mark. And we didn't win, obviously, but I think OG did a remarkable job. And I don't, I'm not even trying to suggest that OG and Siakam are going to log big center minutes or that's even the way forward. I just think that the style in which we play, who the Raptors are, is very much intact. I think if mm-hmm. Kyle was not so much a part of the equation still, you'd see a lot less optimism from me. Um, but I think that coupled with what I've seen around the league, which is some good stuff, but nothing, you know, I still think we're in a post golden state world where, where no one's really scratching that surface of greatness. And therefore a team like Miami can make it to the finals last year. But uh, so that's where my optimism is that it's kind of, I do think the Raptors got a little bit worse, but I don't think the league is the scary place for a mediocre team or a pretty good team right now. Uh, That could change with one trade though. Um, Anyways, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I hope that's not too much of a weird silver lining. But, but Katie, please hit me with some cold water because maybe, maybe it's actually what I need. I guess I'm just upset. Yeah, I think the Raptors got a little bit worse. But I also think they got vibeless, completely vibeless, sauceless team um, that, like, I don't know, man. I just... It is one, this is the silver lining. Okay. It is a testament to the Raptors, like kind of chemistry and all these other intangible things that Serge and Mark were able to really like gel and become like such huge parts of the team that quickly, like Mark was only here for like a season and a half, you know, and Serge for like three seasons, which in the grand scheme of things, if you want to look at like the Larry era, which is like almost a decade now is like pretty small. It's like a small blip, but that said, like, they kind of endeared themselves and the style of which they played to the team. I think more than the team thought it needed at the time. Like Mark is such a defensive savant. And I think people don't really understand that because it's like a little bit of a Larry thing. Like when he's off the court, you notice it a lot more. Serge obviously is like one of those players who wasn't content to just kind of rest on his laurels as like a positional player. Like he added that three point shot this season. So I think like as big men, like if you want to talk about like playing their roles, like, they offered a lot more than I think, you know, anyone we got back or maybe anyone else that was on the market. I mean, the Lakers obviously scared the shit out of everybody in the playoffs because they were just like, we're a huge team and we're going to take advantage of that. And I think that's why we saw this like 
big man bonanza (laughs) 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 that's a great way to call it yeah it came out kind of slow but then it got more confident as it went along this is a bonanza yeah and i think you know when everyone was just like scrambling to sign players like Catherine, i was also panicked when we didn't sign both of them within 24 hours and i was like okay who are we gonna get i'm not a big fan um, I never really have been. I'm suspicious of most Australians or Australian adjacent players. <laughs> um, Matthew Delvadova really did a number on me, but <laughs> I mean, he seems to be like well loved by his fans that like follow him from team to team. So I guess that's fine. Len, ha- I think he's just like you know a, an alternative kind of presence. He's I'm like really a total like flyer. Sorry. Yeah. Memory is like, if you guys haven't looked at Memory's Instagram, which is Fear the Fro 95, it's like he, I've been following him. He's like a content king. I've followed him for a while. Um, he's just like a good energy player. There's a really good clip of him getting into it with Marcus Smart um, this past season. Well, he can very just satisfying. Like, yeah, it, it was satisfying to watch. So he, he's a good culture fit, you think? He's a good culture fit. He kind of like good amping up kind of player he can't shoot at all but like you never know how Larry can work his magic on people um Good but point. yeah I, I guess it is a transitional year that's what I'm sort of having a hard time with but I think to my point earlier and like betting everything on Giannis coming I still think like you gotta like you can't suck this year <laughs> you know what I mean like you can't yeah. you do have to stay competitive because like that's going to be such a draw for him when you look at how the bucks sort of fizzled out you know, in the bubble and then even last season, right? Like they didn't really get the push forward and they haven't really kind of like leveled up or, or evolved. And I think if he leaves, it's going to be because he wants to look to a team that's like doing all the right things and is in a good position to win um, and to compete. So you, you've got to still stay competitive. And like the last thing I'll say, I like the idea of OG and Pascal, like moving through <laughs> like positions a little bit more, but neither of them can play or should play the five because I think that would actually detract from like their versatility. I think they're best when they can kind of, especially OG when he can kind of move through like three to five and sort of like kind of like feel the flow of things, be a little bit stealthy, be a little bit sneaky. Um, And I don't think Pascal can really go up against like an Anthony Davis or like, you know, a center of like that size. So I guess I am glad we still have like some physicality at center to kind of be the buffer for those guys. But I don't know. I'm choosing my most silver, like stubborn silver lining um, is that I'm choosing to look at the relocation to Tampa as kind of like, okay, yes, we got a lot of new guys. They are going to have to work into the chemistry of the team somehow, but everyone is meeting on this like neutral plane where there'll be like no holdovers um, like no kind of like rituals. Everyone is just like there to work and live and compete. Um, it's a really weird place, but <laughs> like Florida in general, Tampa, especially, but that, you know, maybe coming through this will help to kind of crystallize a different kind of resiliency and like a new identity for the team. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've really kind of like our, I say we like the, the Royal we, but like, Raptors fans 
we the north took off for a reason we're kind of this othered fan base for for a bunch of reasons and being in tampa is going to make us just a bit more peculiar just like we were in the bubble um or you know in florida i, I think like a couple of weeks or maybe even a month before everybody else that is part of this era is kind of like this attitude of oh okay even in this peculiar difficult situation we have a more peculiar difficult lot than the others fine mm-hmm. um and I, I i think that's a good point about about tampa and um just to touch on this kind of like center of center by committee stuff i think nurse really is going to have a, a lot of work cut out for him and you, you know you, the way you spoke about mark m- makes a lot a lot of sense katie because I, I was a big defender of of mark the whole time he was a raptor because you know he's just not a points rebounds guy he's just not he he calls that everybody sets he's so slow but somehow is always there at the right time he's educating people all the time he's making people pass more he's shooting guys or he's improving guys shooting percentages he's the type of basketball player that like is is a good example of more than statistics uh and and i think the guys we're getting are definitely not more than statistics i like baines but i think baines kind of is the statistics you see he's a hustle guy i think we'll get more of like a with him and Boucher, we'll get more vertical options for Lowry and Fred, uh, which I think will be good. More guys crashing the rim. I think we'll be a better rebounding team. But uh, yeah, the defense I think is is going to hurt, especially the sophistication of the defense. But uh, there's a lot of league stuff going on, and a, a lot more Raptor stuff to come. So we'll. I, I don't know if I like. Sorry, oh, sorry I you just want to jump yeah. in. Like, if we like. Like I don't think we're a better defensive team than than last year, but like, are we a significantly worse defensive team? Because I sort of looked at this like, man, the one thing we really needed was more offense, and we did not get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. I think that's maybe if you think about how reluctant of a shooter, no, you know what I was going to say. I, if it was a Baines Gasol trade off then I would say, well, you got more offense kind of with Baines because he's a more of a personal weapon, whereas Mark's like get everybody involved. But the combo of losing Mark and Serge, like, I, I don't think anyone we've brought in is going to come close to replacing Serge's versatility and like, like efficacy. Just like, like pick and pops with Kyle. Like, yeah. you know, like the, that's the kind of stuff where, yeah, I think we'll, I think I guess we'll have to wait and see defensively if we're about the same place, if those guys can kind of fit into the defensive schemes or we're in bad shape, like, or just kind of the same shape. But I think the offense, Catherine, to your point, like our, also our offense is always so generative of like what's happening on defense. So if there's like a slump there too, like like that could hurt on the other end. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I did want to share like a quote, uh, from Fred's press conference today, just like on what we were talking about, like team identity. Please. Um, he just said, I think we're kind of headed back in the direction of where we were pre Kawhi, where people are overlooking us again. But then he said, which is not a bad place to be in. I love Fred. <laughs> I guess. Like, this guy's the best. <laughs> I it's do true. love that. It's very positive. 
And that's the thing, you know, you know, Fred, Norm, OG, Pascal, who's not going to improve between those four guys. I, I would bet a lot of money that all four of them have a better season than they did last year. Um, you know, well, I think they like proving people wrong. And I think maybe that's part of why they like being in Toronto because it's like, you don't have this constant like ESPN, you know, Stephen a debating like your legacy on like a, you know, three times a week basis, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but you have like, but then suddenly in the playoffs, they have to be like, Oh damn, the Raptors are going to have to look up who these guys are again, annually. <laughs> and uh, I think they like being, I like, I think they like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and there's also the value. My, my last like, like little point here on like how we're perceived is even I heard it on, on the, the low post and I was like, this is not, this is not usual from Zach, but he was like, and Hey, you know, if, uh, if LA is playing and uh, they put a small guy on Mark, he can punish him. We know he'll punish him. And I'm like, no, he won't. He <laughs> did not do that last year <laughs> at all. Um, I, I, and I defended him constantly. So I don't know what you think about Mark, but, the fact that he's seven foot, he just doesn't post. He's like, oh, I, I have something somewhat controversial to say. Okay. I think because the Raptors are so overlooked and a lot of American media or what have you don't cover us constantly. I think a lot of people almost forgot the Boston series and were just thinking about the championship run. When when they when the Lakers took on Gasol and then the way the media is covering the how good of a signing that is, and mm-hmm. I feel like they're covering it like they took Gasol in 2019. Yeah, if in 2020, if we signed Gasol, would have been like, oh, really? That's what they did. And the Lakers <laughs> signing Gasol, it's like honestly, this is wild how smart they are. It's just <laughs> it's just crazy. They're on they're on another level. Palenka <laughs> is on another level. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. people are talking about Palenka like he's like a demigod. He was a disaster a year and a half ago. I don't know. People need to slow it up with the Lakers. Magic Johnson was calling him a traitor not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, Ma- well, Magic so Johnson. Mad at that trade because of what they did to Port Javel. I can't believe they sold him. I know. And to Cleveland, like that. Yeah. Cleveland needs to stop cooperating with the Lakers. Everyone does. ASAP. <laughs> um, Okay, but anyways, let's 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 move to some NBA. Um, Maddie, if you got if you got Adam Silver Foghorn, I don't know what you got. Please, good sir, give it to me. National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Association. Oh. I came pretty close to the timing that time. I feel like. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, gentleman and a scholar. Um, Katie, let's, uh, yeah, let's just, there's a million deals. I, I, I kind of brought up the, the NBA.com, all of the deals from all of the teams. I'm sure it's already a little bit out of date, but um, yeah, what's like the best single signing and why? I'm sure there's a lot of right answers to this, but I feel like we'll all pick something different. Yeah, this feels like it happened 10 years ago, but I really like um, Chris Paul going to the Suns. But, and first I was very sad for Kelly Oubre because he loved being a Valley boy. But I also uh, think him going to the Warriors 
it's kind of perfect as well. Um, but I think Chris Paul, like the, the, the Suns to me are like what is happening in OKC. Um, but they're a little bit closer to being there. Just kind of this like young core, like, you know, he's got Booker, he's got like another big man again to do some kind of like Lob City 2.0 stuff uh, that he did like with the Clippers. So I think that's like a really good fit for me. I guess I'm still waiting for like the biggest move of free agency, which is what's going to happen to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that's hmm. the only thing I care about anymore. <laughs> I, okay, just, I don't want to go on a whole Russell thing, but I think people are being so mean to Russell Westbrook. And I always, think people always are though. a really good player. And yes. people, I think the fact that he's not a top 10 player, people are like, oh, well, then he's the 90th best player. And it's like, <laughs> is there any room in between or no, not at all? Um, Russ just loves to shoot. You just got to let him shoot. He loves yeah. to do it. He wants uh, to stop. <laughs> Catherine, who's your, by the way, when I was thinking about this question, uh, I, Chris Paul was actually mine, but I was like, oh, that was, I said that on the, I said that was, I talked about that on the podcast last week, but. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, all these, all these trades have happened. And I think Chris Paul is the one I like the most. Cause I think if you have Chris Paul, you're good. And if you're Phoenix, like, I mean, I don't want to say you're in the playoffs, but, um, that's a big, big, big upgrade. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think if you're not in the playoffs, it's probably going to be because of an injury or something. Um, yeah, Catherine, who's your, uh, by the way, I do have a backup. So I got to know, I got a backup. <laughs> for uh, Catherine, who's your number one signing? So, I mean, I think the biggest moves this off season, oddly or not, oddly enough we're not through free agency like they were definitely through like trades and other things like i think maybe at least for now i would call the biggest sort of off-season winner uh the 76ers because they went from being a a joke to being quite relevant Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. and you know contracts that were like wow you know they still have the harris one but richardson actually richardson i think was good but anyways yeah sorry yeah, it was Richardson for uh, Seth Curry, right? Right, yes. Yeah, and so I, I just think that, like, you know, for all the, like, just constant, like, Embiid and Simmons can't play together, which was always complete nonsense, like, that just, that was always a stupid argument in my mind. They just needed the right players around them, and they're finally getting to that. Like, they lost all their outside shooting Uh, going into the 2019-2020 season and that's why they struggled so much and then Brett Brown had sort of the audacity to try and make Ben Simmons a three-point shooter and that was just making everybody look worse and it was like no you don't make people something they're not you just play to their strengths and I don't know why that was such like an an audacious uh concept to (laughs) the 76ers but finally they got enough competency uh to figure that out and they are definitely going to be uh significant going into the to the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'm not going to say they're going to make it out of the East. I don't have that much confidence in them yet, 
but I think they're the biggest winners. Um, I am happy for the Phoenix Suns. I'm happy that they're really going for it in a significant way. And they're kind of finally getting out of this place of uh, mediocrity, doing the right things to keep Devin Booker happy. And, um, you know, I'm happy for that fan base as well. But I, I think I got to go with the 76ers in terms of like who's sort of won the most out of this whole offseason. And Doc Rivers looks so well rested. <laughs> I caught a glimpse of him on draft night and I was like, man, he looks like he's slept through the night for the first time in years. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> I love the Doc Rivers Maury combo. It's really fun to me. And then the fact that they worked together in like when they were in Boston, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of cool. Like, um, right. I also love the weird Nets coaching combo, like Nash, oh, Stoudemire. And you love it? Don't get me it. started. Well, I love, I love Dan Tony. <laughs> Um, and I think maybe I'm on my own Island now because he has failed in some pretty high profile ways. Um, but I still love Mike D'Antoni, uh, or I mean his basketball philosophies. Okay. My winner is, so I, I was, it's basically Chris Paul, but my backup was, um, I thought new Orleans did a pretty good job in that, you know, everyone is just like slamming on like Bledsoe is so terrible. He's the reason Milwaukee lost. And I think he played pretty poorly when Kyle Lowry, like, you know, beat the crap out of him and we won a championship. But then this year, it's not fair to me when someone got COVID and then played bad in the playoffs. And then everyone's like, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen and just say they suck. And it's like, Russ got COVID. Bledsoe got COVID. Um, it's not a small thing like that. I know Gobert and a lot of other guys, you know, came back strong from COVID, but yeah, I don't know. That's it's a bit weird to me. And I also feel like Bledsoe on a team where he can kind of just like be one of a bunch of talented guys as opposed to like this focal point, he'll be better. And then they got Steven Adams who just signed an extension. So I think the fact that they got Zion and Ingram, you know, and Ball, just more talent uh, is good because that's a team, you know, with a guy like Zion, you want to be in the playoffs early. And I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Ingram, but uh, yeah, I think the Pelicans did a pretty good job. Um, and Stan. And, uh, and, I'm sorry, and Stan Van Gundy. How, how <laughs> am I talking about coaches who I love and somehow forget Stan the man Van Gundy? Uh, and also, what is the deal with the Van Gundys? Please work together. I think they love each other. Just Jeff, come on in as the, as the assistant coach, dude. Uh, I don't think Jeff talk- would do it. I don't yeah. think he would do it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they work well together. Yeah, I don't know if they do either. <laughs> I think they're both a bit hotheads. Yeah, I you think know they I mean? probably would fight all the time, but I want that so bad. Like, I, I wouldn't mind being a fly on the wall for, like, whatever their Thanksgiving dinner is like, like in a non-COVID world where they're actually at the same table. But you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if I want to see them coaching together. But that's funny. I and like that for you, really- Freddie that story about them when the bubble was going on it was like how they took a walk every day but even in the story when they were talking about taking a walk they were like fighting about like what to say about the walk (laughs) like fighting with each other they'd be like oh we walked this far and then like jeff would be like well it's not like we're breaking any speed records and like stan would be like i like it i think we're doing well like (laughs) they are their own they're their own gray gardens of a type 
Uh, it's it's beautiful to me i was gonna say it's like coaching meets curb your enthusiasm i feel like that's what they would be like (laughs) well early bubble two jeff made fun of his dad for getting hit by a car in florida and then also he was like oh he he tried to walk it off and then then mark jackson was like oh my god that sounds so upsetting he's like oh my dad's an idiot and then he's like (laughs) a week later my mom got hit by a car and mark jackson's like should we stop the broadcast? This is like upsetting. He's like, I know they're both 80, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to take this Jeff. Poor Mark um, Jackson. I know poor Mark Jackson was like, you're, are your parents alive? Is this a bit? What's going on? Um, that's really okay. funny. Especially cause like, I feel like Jeff Van Gundy's the, the last person willing to work with Mark Jackson, which is why he still has a job. <laughs> but <the laughs> Jeff Van Gundy is just this neurotic human being. That's probably like really difficult for him to put up with anyway. <laughs> Love the Van Gundy's. Uh, Catherine, who's your worst, worst signing? And I guess I, I should say, is it Gordon Hayward? Are you, are you one? So the two teams. Okay. So there's two teams that I don't, I will, I'm calling them the worst because I just don't understand it. And maybe if there's any sort of justification on either of your parts, you can tell me, I don't understand what Charlotte is doing. And I don't understand what the Detroit Pistons are doing. I I don't They signed on like, like, I think like four, power forwards and centers like like four guys that are like a combination of like that type of player plus they still have like Blake Griffin and I'm just like I don't like I can't tell if they're actually trying to win or not anyway I I don't know what they're doing I felt like they were signing people like it's 1999 um and I especially don't understand what the Charlotte the Hornets are just coming off extremely desperate at this point like I just I don't see like a clear path to like long sustaining winning there um but maybe you two have anything different to Uh, say oh I'm not here to defend Charlotte one bit I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a very quick yeah they drafted ball um some later round drafts as well uh they signed Hayward and um they, they still have some free agents, uh, Biombo, Bacon. Um, oh, yeah. What's the deal with that? Like, are we able to sign Biombo or we wouldn't at this point? I'm not exactly sure where that's at. Like, I'm not sure if we have space, if there's like guys still being signed exactly. But um, the Raptors are done. I think we're Len done. was maybe the last one. Len did seem like the <laughs> yeah. fillery contract. Uh, yeah, Charlotte is a is a legit mystery. Um, I, I had a I had a saw signing earlier that I was like, oh, that's more ridiculous than the Gordon Hayward thing. Um, but I can't find it. I can't find it. So I don't even. I don't think Hayward's like a bad player. Really, he's just thirty and going to get paid thirty million dollars a year starting this year. Has also been super injured and is not like he's maybe not an all-star like i think he's like a fringe all-star i certainly don't think he's better than like pascal or anything like that um yeah who's your uh katie who's your worst signing um it's not my worst but my two like i i'm still just like what 
in the world is going on with Bogdan Bogdanovich that like oh, of course. He basically oh, yes. caused such a like furor in the league because it's like he there was like a pretend trade to the Bucks that like he never knew about maybe or like that was weird certainly didn't consent to and then all of a sudden every other team was like we must have Bogdan Bogdanovich you know so good for him um maybe that was like his own sneaky work behind the scenes driving up his his uh like interest for him mm. who knows maybe he's got he ended up he signed with the Hawks right eventually yeah. yeah yeah so kudos to Bogdan um I thought the like pettiest signing was what that Montrez went to the Lakers <laughs> So he, that <laughs> was yes, wild yes. to me. Maybe he has to sh- shift locker rooms, but otherwise he's okay. He doesn't have to relocate. Um, yeah, the Hayward stuff is like, it's. I think it's dumb. I don't know that necessarily what it does for Charlotte. Um, but I also can't see it really affecting the Celtics either, which is a sad thing to say about a player. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, you nailed that so hard because I, I've listened to a couple podcasts and they're like, and the Celtics. I mean, I know they kind of blew it with the weird trade that was going to happen with Indiana, but mm-hmm. like, I think they were better with Hayward, but as Raptors fans, it's like with Hayward on the court, the defense they played on us was not possible. Like you needed just didn't to notice a difference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not. Mm. And also, yeah. Like for that money, if I was a Boston fan, I'd be like, Hey, we got Brown smart Tatum. Like this is it. And then we're looking for a bigger, you know, like, like a better version of Hayward, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, if you're Boston, you're feeling pretty good. And you're feeling especially good that you didn't overpay uh, Hayward. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably needed a fresh start somewhere else, too, just because of all the bad injury luck that he's had. Um, but I mean, Charlotte really overpaid for him. Hey, but for Michael Jordan, it got personal. I mean, but it's like so sad. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't connect to anything. I just was like, no, no, no. It's always good to throw in a meme into the, to the podcast, but really it's like, they just did it just to prove that they could. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's where you're at. Like, that's a sad place to be. (laughs) And cheers to the Knicks for not doing that. I can't believe the Knicks haven't, I can't believe they haven't gotten Russ and extended Russ. They still could. Yeah, they they still still could. could, uh, come out of this unscathed yeah that's true you know what dolan can be like i was waiting for everything to calm down Um, (laughs) i guess the craziest thing the worst thing for me would be if harden actually went to the nets that hasn't happened i don't know if it will but like just made absolutely no sense to me yeah that one's weird i think that's like a, a really it's a big um What's the word I'm looking for? What's well, a big three, but it's like the a serious accumulation of talent. And I know sometimes people over talk the whole like, but there's not enough like ball to go around. And they definitely did that with like Durant going to the Warriors. But that would be a scenario where I'm kind of like, wait a second though, who is going to pass the ball here? Because Curry loves to pass the ball. You know, Draymond loves to pass the ball. Durant, Irving, Durant and Irving don't enjoy passing the ball that much. I think they're okay. Harden is weird because he's like quietly like extremely gifted passer and, you know, has led the league in assists before. But uh, yeah, that would, that would have been weird. You know, Uh, I guess 
If they got, sorry, Catherine, I was just going to say, if they got all of them, there wouldn't be anyone left to pass the ball to because they'd have to trade everybody away to make room for Harvick. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> I, I was going to say, the thing that gets me about this whole sort of narrative is that, like, didn't Kevin Durant leave Golden State and do this whole Brooklyn Nets thing with Kyrie Irving to because he had something to prove? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, that he could win without this like Golden State team that had already won before and, yeah. and all of this. And then if you get James Harden, it's like you're not proving anything. You did the same thing. You just, you just did the, the same. Model. Exactly. You just did the same thing all over again. And I think it's going to hurt his overall legacy where people place him in the top 50 greatest of all time. It's going to hurt his chances of ever being a top 10 guy in the GOAT conversation, which I think is what he ultimately really wanted. And so to me, it's like this is not an advantageous move for Kevin Durant because it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like even though other teams have done it, like LeBron's done it, you know, with Anthony Davis now and, and things like that. I just feel like this is like, this will hurt his legacy if, uh, if he has uh, James Harden with them and it'll especially hurt if he has James Harden with them and they still don't win. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, well, what's so weird about the LeBron thing too, is that LeBron's done it, but only LeBron. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that's the thing uh, other people have tried to do like oh i'll just join up with a superstar but it's like if that superstar is not lebron you don't win yeah. like you, you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i think with golden state it was a bunch of superstars right so i think that's kind of like how that worked and it was organically grown before durant came but um we got some fun quickish questions should we finish this baby off or what yeah, yeah let's do it yeah okay matt give me that sweet sweet Quickish questions, Sting. Quickish questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're hanging with the film, you know what I mean? Um, I just, I went into sitcom mode. Uh, okay, this is Quickish Questions. I'm going to... Stumble. I'm going to stutter. I'm going to mistake a comma. Um, if I see a semicolon, I'll just bug out, have a stroke maybe. Um, that's okay. <laughs> you have to answer. The, I won't have a stroke. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> the dog's like, please don't have a stroke. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, t- you two have to answer. You three have to answer as quick as you can. Uh, you can't phone a friend. No delaying. Matt, you know what's up. Hit me with those quickish uh, answers. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's do. Um, I don't know. With the answers? <laughs> I just, I just what are we here for, Freddie? I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go Catherine, Katie, Matt. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Catherine, how much did Tampa over Toronto influence Mark's decision? Um. I'm going to say not a lot because he went to he went to a warm climate ultimately. OK. Um, and Katie, the same question, but for Surge, how much did Tampa over Toronto influence Surge? Oh, a lot. 
a lot. Yeah. yeah. Don't get yeah. movie deals done uh, in Tampa, Florida. Sorry, guys. <laughs> He's like, I can't. Not with that film. bone structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking can't that to film LA. that class. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ruined it. Um, Matt. Yes. Are the Heat doing Bam dirty by not extending him now? They haven't offered him an extension. They haven't offered him? I thought I read something where there they was. just did. They just did. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Yao, um, thanks for asking the question. You just got a lot of Matt. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> Whoa, I like that voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Catherine. Um, Bad News Baines is a wrestling style nickname. What other wrestling nicknames can you give the new players? So you get Alex Len. What's a good wrestling nickname for Alex Len? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of liked, um, so Matt McCready made this like Len reference, like the old Canadian 90s mm-hmm. band, One Hit Wonder, Len. So Steal and My Sunshine? So yeah, I kind of want like a Sunshine Len kind of name. Sunshine Len is a is wonderful not, nickname. <laughs> it's not really a wrestling name, but I like it even more in the context of a wrestling name. Oh, Sunshine Len? He, like, he opens something it's too bright? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just okay. shines lights in his opponent's eyes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Katie, uh, your your wrestler person is Malachi Flynn. What's the wrestling name for Malachi Flynn? Um, Malakana. Malachi. Poke your eyes out. I'm <laughs> gonna poke your eyes out. Okay, that would be. I feel like that that's a wrestling character that's like a little kid that just doesn't play by the rules. Um, that's good. Uh, oh wait. The the sins of Flynn. <laughs> the sins, sins of, Flynn. of Flynn. Oh, I like that. And he has like that's more yeah. serious. He has mm-hmm. like tattoos where it's like it's implying different sins. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> um, Matt. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Harris. Give me a nickname for Jalen Harris. <laughs> um. Um. I, I don't know. Just like the hammer. Yeah, just a classic hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a hammer on the team. Um, and I'll do I'll do DeAndre Bembry because someone in the thread uh, had a nice one. They said uh, uh, Randall, uh, guest of the show, said DeAndre Taker, like DeAndre Taker, Undertaker. <laughs> okay, I no, that's good. Um, Catherine. Mm-hmm. If Bobby Webster called you up and asked you asked you to play for the Raptors, how much salary would you demand? Okay, well, first of all, if I got a call from Bobby Webster, I'd be very flattered. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would imply that I never had a Nick Nurse crush. First of all, because that would make <laughs> that might be a, a, a light not not a conflict of interest, but I feel like it might be workplace uh, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So just pivot, immediately yeah. clearing the entire internet, uh, <laughs> making sure he's unaware of my love for Nick. Um, and then I would just ask for a lot of money. I would settle for pretty much anything, but I would start <laughs> very high. Okay, I like it. Um, <laughs> that 
it wasn't an actual number. <laughs> but I mean, if Listen. if he was like he if he was like, look, you can join the Raptors. We're gonna pay you minimum wage. I don't think I'm saying minimum no, <laughs> but I'll start the negotiation League higher men. than that. What's I fully, fully accepted that you interpreted what's a contract number as like I need to clear the air with who I've talked about on the internet. Um, <laughs> I need to like you for you. It's just like I'll deal with the money in a bit, Fred. Um, I need to make sure my scenario is comfortable. Uh, I feel safe in the workplace. Um, no, okay. it's more about making sure Nick feels safe in the workplace. Right. Sorry. Yeah. The last thing you need, is, you know, he's strumming with the Arkells, and he looks over and he's like, "Uh oh, I feel uncomfortable." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. God. Uh, <laughs> we, we touched on this a little bit. Oh man! <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Um, we're good. Mike, hey, my contract would just be like a bunch of sort of shawarma, so don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> um, Katie, uh, Baines, Boucher, Len versus Gasol, Ibaka, Boucher. Uh, obviously, Boucher's in both. But uh, what are your thoughts on the new front court downgrade, upgrade, or neutral? Didn't we already talk about this? It's a downgrade. It's a vibe downgrade. Um, and that's what's <laughs> most important to me. Vibe's gone. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, Matt, this uh, this is the last question, but we're just going to make it an all play. Okay. Um, from one to 10, how would you rate the Raptors offseason moves? Um, I'm going to give them a, uh, I'm going to give them a seven. Okay. Catherine? Oh, same question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say like a like a B, which I guess is also a 7. B minus. <laughs> like, how do I rate the numbers? Well, the nurse know that I like them. 7's yeah. um, a B. Katie? Uh, what, what, what would you rank um, Yeah, the Raptors offseason moves at 1 out of 10? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I previously answered this on another podcast as like a B minus. So what I don't know what that translates. I think that's a seven. I think that's a seven. I was a B that was a seven. I was a B minus student. Yeah. School, so I should know. That's seventy. <laughs> because if people yeah. are like, Oh, did you get a sixty eight? I'd be like, Yeah, C plus. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, anyways, seven. I had a great high school, everybody. <laughs> Things are okay. Uh, that's it. That's the pod. We made it to the end. Um, thank you both so much. Matt, thank you for being a superstar as always. Uh, uh, Catherine, I'll go, I'll go to you first. Um, what's up? Uh, you, you had some news for the pod, right? Yeah. So uh, I host a podcast called the Buckets and Tea NBA podcast. Uh, we have recently joined uh, the Barn Burner Network. Whoa. So basically what happens now is I broadcast the show live every Friday at 9 p.m. So you can catch that on barnburner.ca or on something I've just learned called zingotv.com. <laughs> uh, as well, you can subscribe to the podcast podcast and that still gets uploaded uh every monday yep. damn you're on zingo damn I'm on zingo. zingo you're on zingo <laughs> oh shit and i will oh, say shit. Catherine, you have the record uh, appearances on this podcast at 25 whoa this is your 25th appearance what? wow i'm so honored thank you 
Thank you. Uh, I need to, I need to get a pair butt from my background. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send yeah. you a pair butt in the mail. Um, <laughs> Please do. Uh, Katie, uh, I mean, you, you got a bunch going on. Is there anywhere you want to direct people right now? Mm, yeah, I'm going to have a kind of like a feature out on the Raptors on dime, uh, probably tomorrow, just kind of like, um, you know, it's a little bit judgmental, uh, but then it ends on a, a high note because I'm trying to talk myself into this season, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're mm-hmm. an analyst, but you're also a fan, right? So it's, a, yes. it's a dance about being like, that looks like a storm, but I got an umbrella. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what pretty good analogy. Is that how you describe Katie's writing that you're just in the middle of a storm with an umbrella? <laughs> no, it's much I love that. <laughs> much better than my analogy on the fly analogy. Um Okay folks, that's that's the pod. We made it to the end. Uh thank you all so much and thanks for listening. You know, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh follow these two online. Uh, Catherine and Katie are amazing. Lucky to have them both. Matt, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me the okay. All righty.